You found the First Baptist Rockdale Midweek Podcast. Lean in and learn as we study God's Word together. Enjoy. Um, But we're beginning this series on the I Am Statements of Jesus. And those are found in the book of John. So if you have your Bible, you can open to John. Today we'll be in John chapter 6. Um, But we'll be kind of bouncing throughout the book of John over the next several uh, times that we're together. Um, And and what what we're going to hear today um, is a statement Jesus made um, right after the feeding of the 5,000. And the statement he made was, he said, I am the bread of life. That's the I am statement that he makes, that he is the bread of life. And and when we think about bread, we know that bread deals with hunger, right? Jesus has just done this miracle, feeding 5,000 people at one time. Uh, a massive miracle. It's, it's such an impressive miracle that it's the only miracle except for the resurrection that's mentioned in every one of the Gospels, right? Every one of the Gospels has the story of the feeding of the 5,000. There's not one of them, you know, he raises Lazarus from the dead. That doesn't make the cut in all of the Gospels. But, but the feeding of the 5,000, they're like, man, this is amazing. Take this little bit, multiplies to feed this massive crowd. And after the feeding of the 5,000, remember, Jesus sends his disciples away, and they go off by boat, and then Jesus goes to pray, and then he comes walking across the water, right? And there's a big storm, and people are freaking out. It's a weird, uh, kind of a weird story. But the next day, so they've gone to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They're in the town of Capernaum, and the crowd has followed Jesus, right? Because Jesus has just done this tremendous miracle, this massive miracle that that has never been seen before. And they say, man, we're going to follow that guy. And that's like if I was to have this amazing Sunday service, and maybe you walked out of here, and you're like, man, that was the best Sunday morning service ever. You'll be back next week, right? You're like, man, I've got to go back there, because something was special about that. Maybe you've experienced that at some other place, maybe not here, but you're like, I've got to be there when that thing happens. I have friends of mine who love Disney World. I can't love Disney World for a lot of reasons, okay? Um, not the least of which is my pocketbook. But technically, I guess I'm still officially boycotting them due to like 1997, okay? So I'm still, I'm really bad at the boycott. I go sometimes, but, um, you know, my pocketbook won't let me go to Disney. But I have friends who have different pocketbooks than I have. And they go to Disney like four to five times a year, and they love it. I can't imagine it, because I've been, and it's like torture for me. But man, there's something there that they experience when they're there, and that man... It is the most magical place on earth, and they believe it, and they go back, and they spend more money than I make in a year at Disney World, right? Uh, Every year, they go back and back and back. They know all the tricks and the tips, and so when I did go, I called them and said, what do I need to do to enjoy this? And they set us up with all the, you know, super secret things that only true Disney people know. But, you know, when you've experienced something special, you have a desire to go back to it. So this crowd saw Jesus do this amazing miracle. and said, man, we're going to go back and follow that Jesus. And so they go to Jesus in Capernaum, and Jesus is teaching. And we pick up today in, in chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 27 just to cut some of it out. Jesus says, do not work for f- the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the God the Father has set his seal. And then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they they said to him, Well then, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work 
do you perform? Now, this is a, a, a little a prelude to what's going to go on. But Jesus is like, guys, uh, you don't need to be working for food that perishes. You need to go after the food that lasts forever, that leads to eternal life. And they're like, and he's like, the Son of Man is going to give that to you. And they're like, well, how do we know you're that guy? That's the question they had. Now, they literally, the day before, just watched Jesus take five loaves and two fish and feed thousands of people, right? They've just seen this amazing, miraculous sign, but they're back the next day. And what do they want? They want more of what they've already seen, right? They're like, okay, well, what, what can you do for us today, right? What, what, what's, the, what's the sign that you're going to show us today so that we know that it wasn't just kind of a fluke experience that you did this thing? Maybe you got lucky. What's the sign today? They were hoping to be fed again. They were hoping Jesus would do some amazing miracle. Maybe he'd multiply food again. Maybe he'd multiply money. Someone would give him a dollar and then he would just start tearing it up and dropping them into baskets and everyone would just reach in and pull out a handful of cash, right? They didn't know what the miracle would be, but they said, whatever it is, we want to see the sign that you're going to do. But Jesus isn't doing signs, right, to please other people. That's not why he goes about doing. Um, and so Jesus said, oh, then they said, well, they said, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it's written, he gave them bread for them to, from heaven for them to eat. And basically they were saying, why don't you just call down manna for us today? That'd be pretty cool. Do that specific miracle. And Jesus said to them in verse 32, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but the father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to this world and they said sir give us this bread always and then jesus replied i am the bread of life whoever comes to me will not hunger and whoever believes in me will never thirst see jesus says he, he goes through all of this about what they're seeking and what they want and their misperceptions about where the manna really came from right they thought moses made it happen but moses wasn't calling manna down every night God was blessing the Israelites with manna every night. And they were seeking this bread. They were seeking this sign. But what they were seeking truly would not satisfy them. And we're all seeking things, right? We all have these needs and wants. And we pour ourselves into them, right? We push ourselves into them, whether it's a, it's a job or it's a hobby or it's an it's a, it's a appetite that we have. Man, we, we pull ourselves and we push ourselves into that and we think that if we can achieve that, if we can grab hold of that, if we can have that, then maybe we'll be satisfied, right? Maybe if I get that, then I'll be satisfied. You know, there's, um, there's millions, right, of, of restaurants in the world. And you eat at one, or maybe you're like me, and you get on your phone, and if you're in Austin, you're like, well, where's a good place to eat, right? And you're scrolling through Yelp, right, uh, looking at a million different reviews, and it is like, paralyzing right to figure out you're like i want mexican food now what mexican food do i want and they're like well here's 68 choices of like five star quality mexican food and so then you're reading reviews to figure out which mexican food would be best for you and then you go to that restaurant and you eat the food and you're like hey that was pretty good but i mean there were 67 other places maybe maybe i didn't go to the best right maybe i didn't make the the very best decision so the next time you're in austin you're like, I'm not going back to that. I'm going to go somewhere else. And you look at all through because, because you're seeking something, but you're never truly satisfied. Right? Our appetites, they're never fully satisfied in the things of this world. 
There's no amount of food. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of like a, a relationship that you can have with someone. Nothing truly satisfies. You know, Snickers tells us that Snickers satisfies, but it doesn't, right? Because when you eat a Snickers, right, if you eat the big one, you feel bad after you eat it, right? And if you eat a little one, you want more, right? And so the Snickers satisfies. I don't know where the point is where it satisfies because you eat it until you feel bad, right? There's no like, I don't even know where the happy spot is. It's like more, more, more. Oh, that was too much. It's almost like donuts, right? Donuts, like one donut, well, that's not enough. Two donuts, probably the right number. But for some reason, you're compelled to grab the third donut. Bad, right? The third donut is always a bad decision, right? We're never satisfied. The appetites that we have, our desires, are never satisfied in the things that this world has to offer because you were not made to be satisfied by the things of this world, right? That you were never made to be satisfied by, by, by what comes around you. And Jesus is telling the people, he's like, seek bread that truly satisfies. Don't seek manna from heaven that you can eat every day. Don't seek the bread that I break and give to you in this amazing miracle. Don't seek after other signs and wonders. Seek after me because I will satisfy. You know, as Christians, we hear that, but we don't always believe it. Right? Our lives don't believe what we say we believe. Instead, we say, yeah, Jesus is enough, and, and, I, and I believe that, uh, but boy, I really want this other thing. And so we're materialistic, consumeristic. America's the worst place in the world, I think, for this materialism thing. Right? Our money, right, that we can buy, somehow our money will lead to us buying happiness. Right? And so like, if I buy this thing, right? I had a, a big debate with my wife about a $400 purchase yesterday. Right? I was like, baby, I, I, I want this. I'm, I may have used the word need. I don't know. Man, I want this. She's like, we, we, it's a bad use of money. We think that things will satisfy. Things won't ever satisfy us. Only thing that satisfies you, you have a, a satisfaction deficit, and the only thing that will satisfy you is Jesus Christ. So continuing on down here, we need to see things that satisfy. Jesus is the only thing that truly satisfies. And then we, we see down here in verse 47, it says, Truly, truly, Jesus says, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and you know what happened to them? They died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. For I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus is saying to them very literally, look, everything else that you think will satisfy won't satisfy. There is one thing that will satisfy, and it's me. And in church, we have to grab onto this. We really have to understand this because everything else, every relationship that we have, I love my wife. She is the most precious person in the world. She is better than anyone else's wife. I am blessed to have her. I was, I was, I was talking to someone this week about it, right? Oh, I went into Tisca to Tasket to buy something not for my wife. That's a dangerous game to play, by the way. But I went in there to get a flowers and fudge for a church member who turned 90. And so I, I was in there getting that stuff, and a church member was working there, and she said, well, are, are you getting something for Danielle? And I said, no, this is for another woman um, to cause awkward moments for her, right? And then and talked her through what was going on. But, you know, like, I, I love my wife. She's special to me. She's precious to me. But, you know, there's nothing that satisfies me fully except for Jesus Christ. Sometimes I think that she can do that. 
Or I think that, 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 that because we're, uh, we're, we, we have an a, a intimate relationship, not just sexual, but a real, in, where we know each other fully, emotionally, intellectually. We know one another. That, that somehow I'm going to derive genuine, lasting satisfaction. But the truth is, guys, my wife and I are never going to be fully, eternally satisfied with one another because we're both broken people. We're just broken. So no matter how much I love her, no matter how much she loves me, there's still something about us that, 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 that violates that relationship. But Jesus Christ never comes up lacking. Church, we need to stop putting our hope in people. We need to stop putting our hope that, that, that this relationship is going to fix us, or that this thing is going to fix us, or that this um, food is somehow going to make our life happy. You will find no satisfaction anywhere else. It's all cotton candy, right? Cotton candy is, I hate cotton candy, right? But, but cotton candy, it looks like something and you can grab onto it and you can hold it. But once you put it in your mouth, it's gone and it's, it's, it's nothing, right? It's passed away. It doesn't exist anymore. And then you think, well, maybe, and you keep grabbing at these things, you keep putting them in your mouth, you keep consuming these things in your appetites and they never last. But Jesus Christ does. When he says, I am the bread of life, he means that literally nothing else can give you life except Jesus. Your job, your career may be important. You may be making an impact in people's worlds, but you don't give life like Jesus does. Stop giving your life to your work instead of giving your life to Christ, your hobbies, your extracurricular activities, the things that, that bring you joy inside of yourself, they don't actually give you life. They may distract you for a moment. They may give you temporary bits of happiness and joy, but they are not and cannot be the thing that gives you life. Jesus alone gives life. The people around Jesus wanted something else, and Jesus said, what you want is wrong. You need me, church, you need Jesus Christ. So when our appetites begin to get out of control, when our desires begin to get out of control, when we buy into the consumeristic mindset or the relationship mindset or the mindset that somehow our kids are going to make us happy, golly, my kids, sometimes they make me happy, but I got like nine of them. I got seven of them. That's what I got. I got seven of them. They don't make you happy. I got seven kids. I got six kids. Thank you. Golly. I'll have seven before the night's over. Who knows, right? Right? It just changes. I can't. When we go to a restaurant, I have no idea how many people are going. They're like, a party of how many? And I'm like, I don't know. And I start counting heads. Because there's people randomly in my family that I don't, like, they show up and eat with us. And then there's people gone randomly. I had a daughter gone for the last two nights. I didn't even know she was missing. Right? And then I saw her and I was like, hey, it's been a while. And I was like, oh yeah, you were at, in Houston, right? I'm a bad dad. That's what this is all about, I guess, ultimately. Your kids, though, while well, you think that they may bring you satisfaction, while well, little Matilda may be the, the, the pride and joy of the Roland family, right? At, at some point, you're going to find out putting your life into that one person doesn't work. It doesn't work, ultimately. Because the only thing that's going to satisfy you isn't your kids' accomplishments. It's not your, your husband or your wife's um, love for you. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when this thing is all said and done, when this world is washed away, your knowledge of Christ, your love for Christ, and your hunger for Christ is the only thing that will remain. So I want to challenge you today, church. When your appetites get out of control, when you think that another thing is going to make you happy, 
when you think that your life is going to be solved by fixing this part of your world with another thing or another relationship, I just want you to know Jesus is what you're missing. So you need to go back there. And some of us, we've experienced that, and then we wander away, and we go and we chase after everything else, literally everything else. But at the end of that is emptiness. It's cotton candy. It's gone. Jesus is the bread of life. He gives you life. Cling to him, please, church. Let me pray.